And I would say I was it was better than having an unexpected pregnancy, having a planned pregnancy. And I say that because I went in knowing what was going to happen um, instead of being surprised or misled. Mm-hmm. So that has helped, you know, in the growth. And I, I think that's what motivated me more. Like I did this. So it's like, let's get it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, backstory. Oh, father left. No. I planned it, you know. Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting show of the About That Water podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest uh, by Jasmine Brown. How you doing today, Jasmine? I'm pretty good at you. I'm doing fantastic. So here on the About That Water podcast show, those of you who are new to the show, we are here to help you build strong financial behaviors in and around everything that deals with money. So with this being said, um, Jasmine, uh, if you can just kind of give a quick intro to who you are and a little bit about your money history. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me on the show. I'm Jasmine. So I am a, um, let's say, college graduate, um, new to the whole financial aspect when it comes to like learning and things. Um, so I've been watching your show, which has helped immensely. Like I can't describe um, how much I've learned. Uh, I wish I would have learned, you know, in high school to prevent certain things from happening. Um, but in all, I would say it was learned at the right time. So that way I can send it down my generational from here on out um, so that, you know, my kids or kids, kids won't make those mistakes that I've made. Uh, so let's see my financial history. Uh, I went to college, good old student loans, working on those, uh, trying to figure out, you know, the best way to of course pay them back but save myself in the long run to pay them off as quickly as possible had some little mishaps nothing serious no bankruptcies thank the lord no 30 day late thank the lord again but some close calls i'm talking about the you know that 29th day you're like oh if i pay it real quick it ain't a 30 day definitely some of those growing up not since i've been a real adult budgeted for a kid miscalculated at budget a little bit more than what you think. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to dive into that. Like, what was your budget for the kid? <laughs> My original budget starting out was give or take 15K. Okay. And then it was just like, oh, you know, you read all these books that tell you, like, they need this, they need that. So then I was like, oh, minimus thinking. I did it. And it was like, I got everything that I needed. And then it was like, but then the surprises come. And it's like, you don't realize that they grow so fast that you're on to the next stage before you recoup doing what you've just done. So, but it's kind of cool. I, I don't regret it. Um, and I would say I was, it was better than having an unexpected pregnancy, having a planned pregnancy. And I say that because I went in knowing what was going to happen um, instead of being surprised or misled. Mm-hmm. So that has helped you know, in the growth. And I, I think that's what motivated me more. Like I did this. So it's like, let's get it. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, backstory. Oh, father left. No, I planned it, you know, right. down to the wire financially. 
with a spreadsheet like three years before. I was like, if I take care of this, I have this extra money for my baby. If I take care of this, I have this, just in case I wasn't married at the time that I chose to do it. And apparently the stars didn't align and I wasn't married when I chose to do it. And right. I still went through with it. Um, now, when you say you went through with it, like, what that, what that look like? Um, so some people know, some people don't. I went, um, originally I was going to do it with someone I had been in a relationship with for a long time, but things happen in relationships and, um, one month you don't stop the show. So I was hitting 30, 31 and I was like, I want to be a mom. Um, so I researched, I had a wonderful friend. Um, I kind of went with her through her process and then it was like, oh, wow, it's a lot. And then it was like, but it's so fun. They're so sweet. They're so kind. And it's like being a mom is so refreshing. But I also had to be okay with the what if it didn't happen. So I had allotted only three chances of doing it. And if it didn't happen by that third time, I was going to be like, well, clearly God didn't want it to happen or it just wasn't me. Um, so I kind of researched. I um, reached out to about three or four um, fertility clinics, did some interviews, and I used their consultations to kind of like interview them without them knowing Mm -hmm. um so two of them I was like "Eh, I'm good and the third one it just felt like home like he didn't start off with you know like oh so you want to be a mom are you sure you want to do this by yourself it was more like so you know what do you think like what are you feeling what like why what do you think is the reason why you haven't gotten pregnant and things like that so I explained the situation he's like oh he's like so let's approach it this way Mm -hmm. and his just his background, how he was. Apparently, he had a whole lot of experience in doing it um, with multiple moms. So it was kind of like new to new to me, but he was like good at it. So he, you know, told me what clinics to try out. We looked at some profiles for um, different sperm candidates. We did my genetic testing based upon other candidates, and it literally came down to the wire. I went from five hundred choices. Once I got my genetic profile, it went to like one forty six. Then after the other genetic test came back, I was down to 21. And then out of the 21, it was like, let's look at these. Sorry. (laughs) Let's look at these, um, their profiles and see what brought me. At first I was like, oh, none of these are like a good candidate. And just when I was like, I'm going to wait. And he's like, wait. He was like, did you see the alert? And they was like, they had just got a new candidate. I'm like, it's about to be some BS. So remind you, this is fresh. Yeah. Fresh, fresh <laughs> off the wire, <laughs> tested, brought up his profile. And I was like, dad, he got a genetic issue. And the doc looked, he said, well, that's not really a genetic issue. They just have to tell you about that one. He was like, because I didn't align with that genetic is- issue, it wouldn't have caused any problems with my child. So I was like, oh, okay. We ended up kind of being alike, both Geminis, both church going, um, had the same hobbies, cars, photography, music. Like it was crazy. Um, so I chose him and of course I would be his first, I was his first, uh, donor family, I guess. Um, and it worked the first time. Thank goodness. Uh, budgeted for about 2000, ended up only spending 12, well, 1500, got insurance reimbursed, almost 1200. So I only give or take came out of pocket with 300, but then there was a small clause with the um with the fertility clinic and what they did was they gave me a discount. And so I literally only came out of pocket about seven dollars. Wow. <laughs> um it was only about seven dollar difference. It was so funny when it was time to pay, I slid my insurance card and then they applied theirs and then she was like seven dollars. Oh seven. 
Like, wait a minute. They told me, and I was so happy, though. So then I was like, okay, well, if it don't work, then, then I got this for the next time. But it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, had cleared off almost $10,000 in credit card debt. I, I basically hit all my goals. And the way I did that was I ended up getting a, ended up being a roommate, but it was a great roommate situation versus a bad because it was like, I didn't need to be a roommate, but it was like, if I become a roommate, look how much money I saved. Um, and I, and it was simple, great living, easy person. Um, they worked shifts. So I hardly ever seen them like that. Um, and then when I was home, they were at work when they was home, I was at work. Um, so it kind of was honestly like single living in a way, um, great location, still by the job, no issues with that. Um, so it worked out. I, I honestly say, had I not been planning for a child, um, it still would have been great. Um, and I probably wouldn't have been able to clear as much debt. Like total, I think I paid, I want to say it's anywhere from eighteen to 23000 in the matter of 11 months of wow. debt. Um, and that since is having awesome. her, yeah, I, I was shocked. When I looked at my spreadsheet, I was like, oh, jump. And it was, it was crazy, like, how quick. I never knew the understanding of credit. Because it was like, dang, I've been sitting at 660 for a minute. It was like 665, 689. It will fluctuate between those two. And I'm like, literally, as soon as I started paying down the credit cards, it was like, what? 695? Wait a minute. That, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, it finally clicked. It wasn't that I had bad credit. It was the fact that on a card that I had 3500 even though I paid monthly more than a minimum, I just wasn't getting rid of or, or carrying over solely 30%. I was carrying over like 80, 90 on some of them. Wow. So getting those down, my credit shadow, actually my credit was best then. Um, I had I had never seen those seven eighty. I was shocked. I was like, I didn't even know I could get up there. <laughs> 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 um, my goal was seven hundred. Um, and I, I obtained that the first two months and just wow. literally paying my cards down and just uh reading. Of course I looked at your podcast. I um read a few books. Um, on the Kindle, like they would just pop up like, Hey, here's a financial, um, book. Uh, it was like, uh, dads to riches or something like that. Rads to riches or something. I forgot the author. He was really good, um, in helping me. Um, and then I just started looking at multiple avenues of once I have a child, what am I going to do to keep up with this lifestyle that I've created for myself? Cause I was working two jobs. Thank goodness. I'm no longer working two jobs. I'm down to one. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, Lord. Um, but, and that's one of the things of having multiple streams of income. So I'm looking at different ways. Um, I still am on the fence about my cleaning business, but I've, I've been getting so many hits in North Carolina. Like when you're ready to start your cleaning business, please put me on your list. Please put me on your list. Like people who I had no idea Google had published my, my, my ad before I was ready. And I'm like, oh no, no, my business is not up yet. And people was like, oh, when it gets up, can you, can, can I be on your client's list? Can you do once a month? Can you do every other week? I'm like, like, wow, just off of my pictures that I posted. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it was the fact that because I, you know, was willing to travel and had um different rates and stuff. But I was like, no, Google, I wasn't ready. So, uh, you know, that was, that was interesting. But I'm still tabling another form of income um outside of just working because I want to make money when I'm asleep. I've done a little stock, nowhere near what people experience. 
I'm still a baby when it comes to that, but I would love to like literally wake up that morning and see, oh, okay, I'm up a couple of grand. Right. You know, so literally close my eyes and paychecks are coming in, depositing, and I'm just throwing them in my savings, throwing them in her 529, throwing them to another stock or uh, something. Um, so I'm still learning. Uh, and of course, you're, to me, I feel like I'll never stop because um, I have so much to learn. Uh, and it's like listening to podcasts are great on the way to work. It gives you not only motivation, but it also helps clear your thoughts. Um, and it lets you know, like, if you're stuck and you think about the what else or what's next, um, podcasts can help in that next part. You know, they're not going to give you everything, of course. Um, but being able to talk about it and being able to hear someone else's story, it kind of gives you the motivation. Like, oh, my God, I can do this. I can so do this. Or it's not as bad as I thought. Like when you hear people, you know, being homeless and it's like, whew, I'm so glad I have not gotten to that point. I have not, you know, had to live like that quite yet. Uh, that's one of the things that I, I will always be. I will always be grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Because like, um, I know you, with that, you has mentioned so much. So you got like paid off well over what eighteen thousand dollars in debt you raised your credit score to like 780 and this is all in the span of what a year 18 months yeah 18 months give or take wow all right yeah because i'm I'm thinking about the people who has never been through um the whole process or even thinking about going to a sperm donor uh, to actually have this happen, because usually when people hear sperm donor, they just think, "Oh, it's their dad." But yeah, you, know, you you actually <laughs> gone to a place. Uh, so, um, just to kind of go back a little bit in your story, just what is it, um, like what were your thought process going into the bank in the first place? Like, did you feel like you doing this alone, or you came in there all excited, like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this"? So at first, I was like. I remember t I was talking to a young guy and um, his question was like, he was trying to court me or date me. And he was like, oh, I could give you my smart. I'm thinking to myself, I barely even like you. I don't think I want to procreate and possibly have to deal with something like you. Hmm. Um, and something then, like you. <laughs> it, yeah. And then it was like, I remember one guy was like, oh, you're desperate. I was like, baby, I am an educated black queen that don't mind. Being submissive, but I also can come to the table with something. I'm not a bill. Like, I'm not a bill. You don't right. got to front anything. Like, if you could come to, I could probably pay your same mortgage with no issues. You know, like, so it, it was like one of those things where, like, dating-wise, I literally put on pause. Because it was like the comments that you get, the, it's so many male are like, they're so fascinated with, the, oh, yeah, I want I, I want to you know, interact with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you want, you, you need sperm. I got you. It used to be some cheesy. And I'm like, no, I'm okay with that. If I want to have sex, I could go to it. I could, I could do, you know, whatever I wanted to do in order to get to that point. Um, so at first, honestly, going in, I was hyped. I was really hyped because I thought, oh, I'm about to be a mom. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like me and my daughter going to be here. Me and my son going to be here. I didn't know what I was going to have. It was like, I'm just ready. Yeah. Um, but then I listened to like how friends were. Some of my friends were like, Oh, you're gonna do it alone. That's crazy. Why would you put yourself in that predicament? And I'm like, it's not really a predicament when you plan it. Mm. I'm like, and I remember one friend was like, 
um, oh, but your child needs a father, this and a third. Um, my child had a father. I did it with him. And I'm thinking to myself, he's not even paying your child support. You're doing it alone when you think about it. You're always complaining about being a single mom. So the dad can always leave, even right. if he's your husband. Mm-hmm. He can say bye-bye <laughs> at any point, and you'll still have to be the one that's more supportive. So my thought was, I don't want someone to be there and and set me up for being a single mom without it being planned. But I also don't want to be a single mom willingly without it being my choice. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I so when I went in, I was very motivated. Um. I kind of like whatever. All right. Say what you're going to say. This is my life. Right. Like, I don't need nothing from you. Me and my child would be good regardless. Like, I, I had a game plan. Um, So I was very motivated. Sometimes the comments are kind of like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. Remind me not to send you an invitation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get an invitation now, you know. <laughs> Sorry. <Right>. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's like you kind of, for me, I was excited. I was ready. It was planned. I've always wanted to be a mom. Always been great with kids. My nieces and nephews love me for what I know. If they don't, they know what it is. They love me. My babies love me. Um, but yeah, it, it it was one of those things. Like I can't. I don't know. It's like a surreal feeling. Like it makes me so warm and bubbly. Right. <laughs> my little baby and stuff. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I was motivated. I wasn't scared. It's not like, you know, I was forced or, you know, competing with someone else's life. It was kind of like I had to set in stone. I prayed about it. I literally went by a milestone, my own milestone. Um, and I kind of like charted everything out and it just so happened everything aligned. Um, so I'm grateful for it. Nice. Well, I mean, you're doing the thing. I mean, nobody could tell you different. And that's one of the things that um, I want people to to listen to is the confidence that you have and going beyond the naysayers and actually doing it because you want to do it versus listening to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, is some of those people say, well, why would you do that? And you don't want the guy to be around. And majority of the time they are not saying that everybody they are, but um, I guess you could say in the area um, most of the time you hear that the father is not really there all the time or um, he's there, but not mentally there. He's just physically there. Like, yeah, see, I showed up, but mm-hmm. that's it. Like, all right. Nothing to bring to the table. Can't help you on your part or, you know, just not there financially or there financially, but not in the home. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that go with it. And I, I can say, I don't know what's going to happen with, you know, how she may feel. I have a journal for her. I have videos for her. Um, and, and honestly, at the time when I did it, I thought that I was like, oh, I'm not worried about a, a, a dad for her. She'll have a wonderful grandpa. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, oh, my dad was like the bum dad. So he's going to be a banging grandpa for my child. And it was like, damn. Soon as like six months later, it was like six months into my pregnancy. He was like, dad is dying. Like, wait, I now that was not in my plan. Gotcha. So it was like everything that I I was so happy about, it was like sad, but then still happy because mm-hmm. it was like, I, I might be losing a life, but I'm bringing one in hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, dad, I hope he get, you know, to meet her. So it, it was kind of like one of those things um, because I, I knew I would not have a real father for her, but I 
I felt like my dad could do it all. Like yeah. he was a wonderful grandpa. Um, so I just knew he would be able to be that to my child. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen like that, but I, I still know, like, I have so much love. Like, I, I remember asking my niece before, maybe like a month or two before um, it was time for the procedure. And I, I asked my niece, I said, so how does it feel not having a dad? And mm-hmm. she was about 17, 16, 17, maybe. And her response kind of like, it was crazy. It was like, that was the reassurance I needed. She was like, well, you guys showed me so much love. I honestly didn't realize one was missing. Wow. And I was like, wow. Like to hear her say that, she was like, you guys showed me so much love. She's like, I really didn't know it. Like there was none. I was like, so hearing her say that and seeing how well she's doing now. Um, and I was 14 when she was born. So it was like, that was kind of like my first of a baby like she went to church with me things like that like it was amazing like so it was like this time this one doesn't leave when it's time to go this one's here forever that was a little bit of the difference um but yeah hearing her say that kind of reassured me that what I was doing was okay and again you're always going to hear me say I prayed about it so you could say whatever you want to say but clearly it was meant to happen because there's only a 20% chance of an IUI working. That's the, that's the procedure I had. Because I didn't have other fertility issues, I didn't have to do in vitro. Mm-hmm. Um, I did um, an IUI, and what they do is take the donor sperm. They monitor your menstrual cycle. And basically, when normally you only have like a three-day window, um, you pull a trigger shot on that second day. And that third day um, of you ovulating, they put the, the semen in you. Okay. Um, in doing so, you still only have a 20% chance. Um, the great thing about it is I know who my child's father is based off his genetic profile. Um, I know when I got pregnant, Right. <laughs> I planned for my pregnancy. Mm. Um, I can afford it. Uh, and I have a educational background that even if I'm unemployed, I won't be unemployed no more than about a week or two. Right. It would have to be hell on high water. And I, I've been working since I was 14. So I, I have the resources to where my grind is impeccable. Um, I have a good support system. Uh, so I, 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 I wasn't worried about the what if, um, cause I kind of built this thing up. I knew at this point of my life, I want this. At this point of my life, I want this. At this point of my life, if I'm not six, making six figures, I'm not doing it. Um, okay. and, and literally, I literally, did that I made sure I checked everything off because I, I didn't want I wanted to be able to give my child everything that I didn't have plus more mm-hmm. um and so you don't always need money you need money to survive but you also need to know what love is mm-hmm. um and it's like that love that you you provide it oversells everything else it doesn't matter like I, I could buy my child the most expensive gift she would play with the box and I'm like, I just bought you this. This is a $300 computer. No, she don't care about that. Right. A box. A simple box. And you saying, good job. Look at what you did. Right. And the baby's just like, I did that. That was me. <laughs> and you're looking over at the toy you spent a lot of money on. It's like, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's just my story. Everyone's different. Everyone has their way. Um, I don't know if she'll be upset about having a dad. Hopefully her journal 
and all the videos. I have so many videos for her of yeah. me talking while being pregnant before doing it, the actual procedure, why I chose the donor. She could hear his profile, why he wanted to be a donor, um, all those things. So I'm hoping she won't be upset. And I'm hoping eventually to find love. Um, there's a possible candidate, you know, we're filling mm-hmm. each other out. All right, all right. Talking, you know. Um, but it's it's one of those things where if it happens, it happens. If it don't, I'm okay because I know my worth. And I'm definitely not selling. I'm not. Right. Um, so we'll see. All right. So um, what is it that you want to leave uh, for MLA when she actually listens to this episode? Oh, what do I want to leave? Hmm. Hopefully when she listens to this episode, she'll be old enough to where like she's seen her mom's work and possibly a father or family. Um, and you know, she's chilling, maybe in college, maybe has her own business. Um, or even if she's in grade school and just happened to stumble upon it. Uh, I want to leave. I don't know. Uh, I love her so much. Probably. She's probably so amazing. She's already amazing now. So I'm sure she's going to be a thousand times more amazing. Um, and I hope she is proud of me as well. And hopefully I leave her later on in life, generational wealth and properties and to where she won't have to work unless she wants to. Um, And just the skills. I hope I am able to implement and instill in her the skills that she needs in order to never have to struggle. So you talked about leaving a legacy and uh, so forth. So I do want to talk about um, a way to... um, leave that legacy like how does that conversation that's going to look like i'm just curious from your point of view of what it would look like um so right here um, i'm actually pulling it up now from npr okay and they actually titled it uh want to teach your kids about money start by including them in the conversation um and one of those things is that keeping them in the conversation I, I thought was interesting because so many people that I had on the show before actually said the same thing. It's to start them and start them early. And obviously they go with here and say, do you remember your first, um, how you first started learning about money? And, you know, as at least know when I was growing up, I mean, the first thing I learned about money was that it's paper. So hide it, <laughs> learn how to hide your money. <laughs> Uh, do you remember your first uh, story about um... my first story about money? I would have to say, wow. Well, I started working at fourteen, so clearly, um, I wanted my money. I was trying to be about that wallet at hey, age fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I kind of learned about money different. It was kind of like one of those things where, like, I didn't know we were poor. Um. <laughs> I didn't know we were poor. So, um, and I'm not going to say poor. We were less fortunate uh, because, you know, you still had shoes and stuff. And I had, you know, a couple of name brand shoes, not nowhere near what some people may have. Um, so it was kind of like doing like little chores around the house. My sister would be like, here's a dollar if you pick up this in my room or something like that, you know, things like that. or um, you know, like 
when you go to the store. My mom never had to say, don't touch nothing if you ain't paying pay for it, because I wasn't going to touch it anyway. Right. <laughs> so it, it was weird. It was kind of like one of those things was like, I knew I wanted something, and to hear like, oh, we can't get it this time, but may, maybe next time. Things like that. It's like, well, what we got to do to get it? You know? Because I want to get it. And I, I remember when I would be with my aunt, um, and to me, I, I thought she was like a millionaire. I'm not going to lie. Really? She had a car. <laughs> It was like so cool. Like my dad had a car, but my mom didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing that my mom just couldn't drive, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was why she didn't have a car. She can't drive. Right. Um, but when my aunt would pick us up, I used to be like, "Yo, I'm never freaking out." This car, I used to run from side to side, like mm-hmm. thinking she was like a millionaire. She had like, like it was a Mazda six two six. I remember those. Yep. Little square one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she come pick me up, get me and walking like. It, to me, that was my idea of like wealth, like a car and a house. And I won't think about little stuff. I don't want no toys now. The car, the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. So it was like, I want money in my pocket, not realizing, oh, you need money in the bank. Yeah. So when I first started working at 14, that was one thing I wish I would have learned was put money up. It was kind of like I had the cell phone. I had my, I kept my nails done. I did my own hair, so that was, but I bought a lot of weeds and stuff, and you know, um, paying sixty and seventy dollars every two weeks to get my nails done, mm-hmm. like a fool. Um, <laughs> yeah, nails have look good, right? That's <laughs> not right. Just look good for a little while, right? Like nothing saved, but I, you know, I had a cell phone. I was doing better than most fourteen-year-olds to me in my mind. Um, but I should have been saving. I should have. Um, when you're 14, you really don't think about that. So yeah, like, no. if I would have known what I know now, I would have saved. Um, I would have been prepped for towards college or something like that, you know. Um, but again, my family didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time some of them may have known, I was well off in college by then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was making my own mistakes then. Um, so I don't know. It depends on when you learn about money. I, I didn't learn about it until probably 16, 17, my second job. And when I was getting ready to go off to college, it was like, oh, I have a little money, but not a lot. Not what I thought I would have. You know, I was able to buy my necessities and things like that, but it was nowhere near. Um, they, Like that first week of college, I was like, man, I was like, I just blew through $100 in a week. Mm. Like, I can't keep this up. Right. <laughs> I'm about to start back working while I'm in college. That was not the, the purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I wish I would have learned, like, in middle school, high school. Yeah, we all did. Because, <laughs> I mean, I remember those days. And you work, but then, you like, you get the money. You want to do the things that you always said that your parents couldn't say that you do, uh, that you can't have. And I think that's what holds a lot of us back when we were younger. It's like, you can't have this. You can't have that versus it's not a can't it's just that um right now find another way to get it right Mm -hmm. yeah and i I think once we change the language um as we get older and you know for you with your child and for me i'm not having any but that's why i try to make sure that i understand when i start talking to other people or other parents um it's about changing the language about the finances when you go through life or even going inside the store it's like, hey, I want that toy. Well, find another way to get the toy, you know. 
find find your own little business or um, ask somebody else for it because I ain't got it. So <laughs> it's like one of those actual for Christmas. You know, you can eventually get it, but by that time, you don't even want it by then. Um, but I want to go back to this article from NPR because one of the things that uh, they do kind of dive into a little bit more, which is um, when parents lack the confidence or control of their own financial situation, they can less um, they can be less willingly to talk about money to their children. But if you wait until your finances are perfect before you telling them telling your kids about money, then you're doing a disservice to your kid. And I thought that would be something interesting uh, to kind of dive into just a little bit on your thoughts on that. I would have to disagree. I, I would say because if you wait until your finances are in order and you tell them you're doing a disservice, but if you don't tell them why you're struggling, then they're going to make the same mistakes that you made without knowing. Um, yeah, you might raise a spoiled child or, you know, something like that. But, um, it's, 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 that, yeah, I don't know. I would still want to talk to my child about mommy, like, okay, this is why mommy didn't get this because I didn't budget for this. Or I need to work this amount of hours to afford this because now we got this, that, that, you know, things like that. Um, saying that we don't have or, you know, choose something different. Or my one of those things when families say, Santa, tell Santa that you want it. Something like that. Right. Um, it dep- also depends on their age, too. I'm not going to be telling my one-year-old, so look, mommy got student loans, so I can't afford <laughs> don't know that, that you're just not picking it up off the you're not picking up off the shelf she want it you know um so I, I would have to disagree with it i don't feel like it's doing a disservice by telling them once she made it i feel like you tell them wow you're struggling and then them, them seeing you get out of it mm-hmm. is what ultimately be a good example to me that's that's just my opinion yeah i like it I mean, because for me, uh, I agree with you. Um, just telling them why you're going through the mess is a, is a more uh, it's more meaningful and more impactful. Because if you are, well, I guess that's what the article was saying. Um, it's a disservice to let them know after the fact, after you already got your money and stuff like that in order. Oh, so, okay. I thought yeah. they were saying, like, once you've gotten it, to let them know. But maybe no, I'm, you're, you're I'm going in. You're going in. Yeah. Here, my apologies. No. Also, read properly. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Because <laughs> uh, I'm reading it aloud for the people that are only listening it um, on the podcast side of the house, because I want to make sure that uh, they don't miss out on any of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so we're going to move on this segment a little further on to the third segment, which is the features. Like, what do you feel that uh, that you're excited about in the future? Let's say about uh, the next five months to two years. Let's see. For COVID to be over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. So for the future, um, you said five months or five years? Five months to two years, because five, five years is pretty long. Years. Okay. I would say I want to be buying my home within the next eight months. Okay. Um, that's really something I really want to check off my list. I have not done that. I've been close, um, but I, I had to talk to a good friend of mine because she was like, what's stopping you? And I'm like, well, I ain't found nothing I like. I was like, and I ain't, I don't want to be in something 
that's not my dream home. I can't right now. I can't afford my dream home. Apparently, I got some expensive taste that I didn't realize I had <laughs> until it came to the home building process. Mm-hmm. Um, they gotta stop showing us that catalog where they be like, "Oh, pink and stuff." Yeah, I can't afford my dream home right now. Um, so I have to be okay with. I have to be okay in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um. To 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 get like a renovated home, a, a home that needs some TLC. Um, I think that'd be my first step in the home buying process. Um, cause I kind of shun away. It's like, Oh no, no, no. Now I'm going to be responsible for fixing this kitchen mm-hmm. or, Oh my God, did you see that carpet or I don't have a garage. I don't have this. Instead of looking and being thankful for what I do have. Oh, this is in my name. You know, I'm building this up. I could later get rent income from here. You know, I can leave this to my child while I'm in my other house way across yonder. Um, so I have to get okay with my spirit in doing that. But um, the goal is to be a homeowner. Um, and possibly next up in my career, uh, I really want to get up there into like senior level eventually. But I want to be on that next step uh, with my career. And then financially, I would love, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you want to have this amount saved. I just want to be to where I'm still going to budget, but to where it's like, I don't have to say, well, on this check, I'll use this, this check, I'll use that. I want it to be, it's already in there, but I know it's going to take this amount of hours to recover, but I don't have to worry because I know that check's going to come in. You know, I want to be like that, not worried about finances but also not negligent upon you can't keep spending if it's not coming in. Yeah. Um, so I want it coming in different avenues within the next five to two years, five months to two years. That's awesome. Well, you know, I have plenty of real estate folks that have been on the show, so they are more than willing to help you out. We can yeah, talk about that I have. After. I, I've been looking at some of those uh, episodes. Uh, I've seen one of the young ladies, I forgot her name though. Um, but I've seen hers and it was a guy too. I think he was doing like multiple units or something. And he was saying something like you buy the unit and the person pays for you to stay there or something. Yep. Or like the other side or something like that. I, I remember that one. Um, so, and, and that's been a, that's possible too. I would be interested in something like that, like getting a little duplex and I have this side and act like I don't know who the owner is. Right, right. You know, <laughs> you pay your rent, I pay mine. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then outsource everything else. Like, yeah, some guy that comes right. to cut the grass and uh-huh. you know take care of the water and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, I'm sure at the rate that you're going, you'll definitely reach it there. So you ready for the final four questions? Sure. All righty. What does wealth mean to you? No, I haven't hit that spot yet. Some people think that wealth always means happiness, but clearly, it's a lot of rich people that do dumb crap. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's happiness. Um, and it's a lot of rich people who are sad and depressed. Um, so having that understanding that wealth shouldn't be tied to feelings or shouldn't be tied to your worth. Um. Wealth, wealth is like a motivator. So, so to me, I would say wealth would be a motivation or like a, a goal or something to have. Okay. 
And I, I like it. So you, you look at it as more of a uh, something to obtain. Right. But, but what but what would it be, though? Like, what, what would be your definition of wealth? Wealth would be I don't know. Because, I mean, it would mean no worries. There would right. be no student loans. It would be debt-free. That would be my wealth. No student loans, homeowner, but debt-free. Okay. Completely. And no worries, no financial worries. At Credit all. cards too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Only cash. I want to. Okay. Cash. Not the strip club though. No, no, no. Cash. I mean, you can just have it at home. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. All right. Well, <laughs> number two, number two. What was your worst money mistake? If anybody know me, Y'all, which one? Because <laughs> when you say worse, you know, I done had, you know, you know, I done told you about buying a car there three years like a dummy just mm-hmm. because you go in for a service and they like, you want to upgrade and you, you're like, oh yeah, you know, I, brand new slinging cars. So buying cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you only had to pick one, but if you want to tell me all of them, it's cool. Because <laughs> it's a tie. It's a tie. Yeah. I have to okay. What's the tie? What's the tie? So buying cars and um, lending out money that I didn't have to lend out only not to get it back. Mm. Those are the two. Yeah, that sounds like a whole nother story for another time. That's another time. Listen, when we go to that, if you ever invite me back, baby, (laughs) that's a good one. That's the one where you, yeah, we ain't going to get on that. I Those remember. are my two mistakes. The cars and the lending out money that I didn't have to lend out. To not not to get it back either. Okay. And number three, uh, what is a book that you're reading or looking forward to read? I still have my Michelle Obama book. I have not finished it. I keep listening to it. I mm-hmm. think I might need to sit down and actually read it. I think that's what my problem is. Because listening to it for some reason, I just, I don't know. I be want to turn up music to make it through, you know, the little nine minute traffic that I may have. Um, so that's my that's one of my books for myself. You know, I need that development. Um, financial books. I had a whole list actually. I don't know where my phone is at. Um, I recently it was it was this. Um, I think you told me about him. Uh, what is his name? He was the guy with the snowball method. Ramsey is Ramsey. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. He had a list of books, um, and I, I said I was going to do one every two to three months. Um, so I chose four off of his list, and then um, I forgot what the other one was. It was a cool. It had a cool title. Um, if you want to, I mean, I could pause it and you can go get it. Can you pause it? Yeah. All right, so uh, I have top three choices. Um, Damon John, this one, it was just the title for this one. Um, The Power of Broke. Mm. I really want to get into that one. Um, Tiffany Alici, I think that's how you said. Get Good With Money. I have that one, yeah. You have it? Is it good? Mm. Okay. I haven't read it, but I do have it. Oh, you have it. Okay. Um, It's on my Amazon list. Um, and then the other one is the broke 
millennial takes on investing. Um, I think it's like Aaron Lowry. I put Aaron L, but I feel mm-hmm. like the last name was Lowry. I might be a little off on the last name. Don't judge me. But that was on my Audible list. Um, that's another Audible book. So those are the three. Okay. I make sure uh, people that are listening and have it in the show notes. So for your favorite books, more than likely, maybe somebody might want to reach out and uh, lend it to you for Christmas or for birthday. Hey, I'll take it. Let me right. make my list public. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, the very last question. What is your favorite dish to make? Food-wise, my favorite dish. Mac and cheese. Ooh. Now, <laughs> out the box? No! Right. <laughs> now, you know you didn't have my mac and cheese. You better stop playing. Yeah, was that was cool. homemade mac and cheese. They weren't all out the box. Okay. The only thing was box was the elbow noodles. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what what makes yours different than anybody else's mac and cheese? It's made with love and special ingredients. And it's mine. Okay. All right. It's it's your mac and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jasmine. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, Is there any last thing or last words that you want to leave the audience that are listening uh, before we hang up? Um... No last words. I'm not really a last person. I'm someone that's going to stick around for a while. Gotcha. Um, if I leave something, it will have to be, uh, don't be afraid to grow. Uh, whether that's spiritually, financially, emotionally, um, just don't be afraid to grow. Don't settle. Um, don't be okay with it is just what it is. Um, that that's what I would leave. Grow. It's okay to grow. Right. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it from Jasmine herself. Again, this is the About That Water podcast, and we are definitely helping you build stronger financial behaviors. All right, everybody. I'm out. <laughs>